everyone. Welcome to the Micon Podcast. I'm Sean Okimaloye. On this podcast, we bring you topics that affect young Nigerians and well and the society at large, directly or indirectly. Nigerian young people are involved. We take on these issues that directly affect them. It is an effort to keep crucial conversations going and more inclusive. With my every weekday show on politics today, which is politics today on Channels TV, and on Sunday politics, uh, Sunday politics on Channels TV, we create the impact and setting the tone for national discourse. More and more Nigerians have the opportunity to bear their minds on issues affecting them. The mic is on, and you can always have it. Since the indigenous people of Biafra IPOP ordered the first seat at home in 2021, precisely in August, the others remain sacrosanct in that region, in the southeast region, with a group enforcing it with high-handedness in most of the times and some kind of violence. Shops, markets, banks, and other commercial activities are always grounded on Mondays, a reality that the people have had to cope with for years and they have to live with that reality. Nigerian Finnish, a member of the IPOB uh, leadership, uh, Simon Efa, a name attached to brutal enforcement, seemed to be wielding a lot of power. Interestingly, he's doing it remotely. He's not on the ground in Nigeria physically. Governors in the Southeast region have made several unsuccessful attempts to lead the siege. The federal government hasn't also made any notable success in containing the situation. We saw the escalation in the past few days in uh, places like Eboni, Enugu, and some parts of Anambra State. Now, with President Tunubu in the saddle, activities of the separatist group continue. I mean, obvious human rights abuses are seen in some of the disturbing uh, videos that have been circulated. Now, how long can a region's commercial activities be grounded for a day or more in a week? What should be the president's approach to this critical and sensitive crisis raging in the Southeast region? What should he do differently? These are some of the issues that we're bringing to bear tonight. And there are constitutional pathways out of this complex situation. Do you think that there are legal ways in which these issues can be approached? I'd like us to approach these in a different way on this podcast today. And that is I wanted to know what other people feel. If you're living in the southeast region of the country, I would like to know your views. I would like to know what exactly is going on. Give us your uh, the feel-out of what is happening on the ground um, and let us know what is going on on the ground because the feeling is now that we have a new government on the ground. I remember speaking with um, uh, a guest on Politics Today on Friday on China's TV, who was saying that um, there's a need to negotiate with repentant bandits. And he was making comparison to what happened in the Niger Delta region with the former uh, president, um, Yaradua, who gave some amnesty to uh, the Niger Delta agitators. But I would like to listen to one or two persons to get your view on what is going on Exactly. If you are willing to tell us your experience, one or two persons from the, if you are living in the southeast, or if you have a direct experience of what is going on, I would like to know 
If you can signify on the Twitter spaces, I would like to get you in and let's get your view. Then we'll bring the expert in to, to give us his view. I'm waiting for one or two persons to let us know whatever if you're living in Enugu State or Ebonyi, Anambra State, Abbey State, or wherever in the Southeast region, and you have had a direct uh, contact or impact with the activities of IPOP, and uh, you've seen um, the sit at home order play out in your very eyes. I would like to know. So I have the very first person is at Fact NIG. Fact NIG, let us hear your view. What is your own experience in this situation? Yeah, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Shil. I'm very happy to be here speaking with you. This is my first time. I have been following your program on politics today. I never missed it since 2020 or so. And this program, since you started it, I've always been a listener. Uh, thanks for this opportunity. Now I'm, I greet my fellow listener. Uh, my name is Olatunde. I based in Anambra State. I serve here in um, towards the year twenty, uh, towards the end of year twenty twenty, and I I reside here. And I think this seat at home means you started sometime around twenty twenty one. And um, when they said we shouldn't go out again on Monday, I was a youth cop at then. It started with the um there, there was a directive that they gave that we sh we coppers should not wear our uniforms that uh ipods are going to be to be uh, attacking coppers or some of them are going to be dressing like a copper just to attack the community so that was how it started and um before you know what was happening, everywhere became like, troubled. So on a and on a typical day. on a typical sit at home day, what happens? Uh, on a typical sit at home day, there are hot spots. There are places that are hot spots. Like in my own area, I I reside in Oka, that's state capital. Initially, it used to be. Yeah, everywhere used to be yeah. Initially, everywhere this used to be dried, but at this moment, we do go out. Though activities are not um, are not at usual days. You see, people close their shops. Market opens. The popular Ekoka market opens. People go out. I go to the office. I work um, with. Um, a CBT center, something related to jam. So I go, to, I do go to the office, but people don't come. Students don't come to the office. Do banks open? Do banks open? You said no, that no, uh, yeah. No, banks do not open no, on bank, Mondays. Bank, what about private? What about private offices, business, other private businesses? Do they open? It's only if you have the minds to open, you open. But most people don't open. But some shops open because relatively activity goes on. Like people walk. We've gotten the instruction that we should that we should start coming out. Uh, um, uh, the speaker in the studio. I have Mr. Vince Onyekwelu, who is uh, a former British police officer and a security consultant. Uh, is the son of the soil. 
if you if you call him that. Thanks so much, Vince, for for joining us on this podcast today. Exactly. I, I wanted us to lay a premise, and that's why I wanted you to, uh, and and everyone listening or watching to be able to hear directly from people who are on the ground and tell their experience about the sit at home. For the worry is a violence. Uh, I'm not sure there is anybody that is averse to people having their grievances as human beings. It's your right to have your grievance, but when it turns violence and it affects the lives of people and people are being killed, then there is a cause for worry and there is a burden on the federal, new federal government to be able to deal with this issue that lives will no longer be lost or businesses being destroyed in the southeast region. Let me get your view about this seat at home and the activities of IPOP. Thank you for having me and it's good to be here. Honestly, I think what we all need to understand that right now, these issues of criminality, of unknown gunmen, of violence in the Southeast could actually influence the whole country. Uh, basically, initially, uh, back in the days, we heard about how kidnapping started in the Southeast, and it was seen as a Southeast issue. And before you know it, they have become copycat criminals. What we call copycat criminals. They copy and they may not copy correctly and they now deploy. The kidnapping became a national issue. Even uh, bandits, herdsmen learned how to kidnap. Right now, this issue of sit at home should be seriously looked into by the federal government and by the state government also. So we can be able to understand the issues, the, the copycats and how to resolve this issue. Because it may actually linger into Kogi, Bainway, and even come down to FCT. The bottom line that you've had an IPOP member categorically with, uh, with his uh, full chest said that he's a proud member of IPOP. And he's saying that Simon Eber is not an IPOP member, but rather a sympathizer. Now, in terrorism, we have different categories. We have the sympathizers, we have the foot soldiers, we have the sponsors, the funders, the planners. There are different players. Some of them are what we call sleeping cells. Some are informants. So they're all in the group of part of the terrorism, terrorism cartel, but they might not be actively in the front line. So like what happened in, the, in Anambra State, for example, yesterday? How devastating, because I like to use that word to describe uh, the impact of uh, of the seat at home how devastating is the seat at home to the economy of the southeast now the seat at home is a very serious impact to the economy of the southeast on one hand on the other half if you, if you understand how the the soul and the spirit of a southeasterner they have this no die attitude so the way monday has gone off the table they've now introduced sunday as an active day of business, some of them, not all of them. So they use Sunday to compensate for Monday. And many people even say that on Mondays, that most of their husbands, these are women saying that they, they get to spend time with their husbands, with their, with their men in the family. Because normally, most traditional Igbo traders take off from Monday all through the Saturday and rest only on Sundays. And Sundays, you go to church in the morning, you, have, you may have a village meeting, town meeting, age grade meeting. So they don't even get to spend time with their with their men. So even Mondays now has become a day that Igbo men get to have some rest, get to have some time with their families, watch movie in the morning, drink pap and akara, 
afternoon eat bitter leaf soup. They didn't get to to mingle with the family by even sitting hard on Monday. So it actually harsh on the economy, but it's also good for their health and mental health that they can now spend time with their families. But but what about the fear, the psychological f- uh, effect of it? The, 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 psych- the fact that some people now live in fear of the unknown. Now, the psychological fear, I must obviously, being someone who understands uh, organized crime, you need to understand what's going on. The idea of sit at home does not pose any threat to you as a human being. What they're saying, use this particular day to sit at home. Instead of going to do all their peaceful protests that result in, in, in live bullets being used against innocent people, sit in your house. This business was opened by you. No government gave you grants or loans. It's your business. It's your electrical shop. It's your mechanic shop. It's your building material shop. Sit in your house. Rest. For us to tell the federal government that we are unhappy for the fact that you arrested one of ours, being Mars in Nam the Canon. And the, the sad part of it, which obviously you can correct me better, is that a competent court of law found out that Mars in the Canon is innocent and asked for him to be discharged from the, from the cell. But some people, some powers that be refused to release him. Do you think that a release of Enam the Kano will resolve all of these violence going on in the East? What I think is we have a, juri- a judiciary in Nigeria. And if the competent court, being a Supreme Court or appeal court, says this man should be released, we should not do sentimental or emotional analysis about if we release him, if that will be safe for him or not. A court has said release him. And you should release him. That is the court of law saying that. So, uh, if you notice something, during the election, um, there seems to be a very... Uh, uh, um, there the, the was an inactivity of IPOP uh, during the election. Was it deliberate? And that those who believe that, well, maybe activities of IPOP was political because how come during the elections... And you see how in the southeast, in the presidential election, there was a, a massive voting for Mr. Peter Obi, who is, excuse me, from the from the southeast. And there are those who will put one or two together and say, maybe that is the reason, is some kind of camaraderie or what? How do you explain that? Personally, I was in the southeast during the presidential elections. And I knew the fear of the sit-at-home affected politicians from their campaigning. Most politicians did not even campaign enough towards the presidential, senatorial, and House of Reps uh, elections because of the fear of the unknown. Do you? You can go ahead. Yeah, we were muted, actually. All right. Um, good evening. Good evening, sir. Good evening, Sharon. Okay, let me first ask a question. Um, the young man that was speaking. Good evening, sir. Good evening. My question would, my question would be like I was hearing, releasing on the canal and the problem will be solved. Releasing on the canal and the problem will be solved. The whole gun brandishing and otherwise. Um, I would like to remind us that uh, the sit at home was actually invented by Nandekano, introduced by Nandekano. They sit at home at and on its own, and then the guns that have been brandishing and the kind of was the person that masterminded the, the serial jailbreak and was um you know um leading people and advising them on how to um attack the police, the military, kill them and take their guns and otherwise. So um if we should if we if we, if we could remember how all these things started, 
who was masterminding the whole attacks and all the things. How do you please um, want to, I mean, assure everybody that when Nandekar is released, that these things that he started will stop? My second question is, um, our governors are saying Nandekar should be released. Um, that's what the leaders are saying. But mind you, the first release Nandekar got in 2017, the likes of... Um, um, Engineer Baribe and two other persons um, were shorty for him. And when Nandekan absconded, none of these people said anything anymore. And Southeast was left on its own to battle Nandekano's calamities. So, I mean, how do you please um, assure us now that when Nandekano is released, that distance will stop? Let me allow you to. Keep in mind that he actually yeah. started them. Yeah, thank Just you so much, quick, quick, Thank you so much. Quickly, number one. When the yeah. when the state governors of the South East are saying the same thing in unison, release Mazenam the Kano. The traditional rulers of the South East are saying release Mazenam the Kano. You see, we have a proverb that says that when a child is crying and points at a direction, if his mother is not there, his father is that is there. It's a proverb, and you should understand what I'm saying as an Igbo person. Now, secondly, about Nam the Kano leaving the country after he was given bail. I think it's an it's a it's a, it's a route I don't want us to go because I would have asked you how did he leave Nigeria? What passport? How did he get his passport? Because if you're under bail, you're supposed to take your passport off you and keep somewhere safe by the security agencies. How did he get his passport? How did he leave? So let's not go there. Hmm. Uh, uh, please, I am. Um, Mazi, exactly. yes. Go ahead, Mazi, exactly. So, uh, good afternoon, everybody. Good morning, wherever you are. Um, there is a saying in our place that says, when an elder stands up to dig up a yam, a two-bar of yam in the ground, he will end up cutting it and will end up going down on his knees to get the remnant of those yams. the canoe or whoever am I powerful or whatever if we do not deal with the fundamental issues we will end up breeding killing and the canoe today kill whoever people will still rise up tomorrow the foundation is faulty we have to deal with the issues we can't continue to behave like we don't know what the issues are and keep uh, sailing on top of the water that's not how a country behaves. That's not how to build a nation. What we have in Nigeria is indigenous people. We don't have a nation. We don't have a country. Until we begin to build uh, citizens who will become, definitely become uh, nationals, then we, we start thinking of nationhood. The foundation that led to all these calamities needs to be dealt with it is an idea it is not something that just float out from the air it is an idea deal with the issues go to the root deal with the issues and everything will, will die out we, i can't extend my hand to shake somebody and they are giving me a backhand and you expect me to be happy even if it's you you're not gonna be happy let us go to the foundation, and we all know what the foundation is. Until that is done, these things will not stop. Mm. These things will not stop. All right. I, I write an exam with you, uh, Sheo, and you are a different ethnic group, and I'm, I'm of an Igbo extraction. 
you can get an admission with the lower point, and I can get admission with the higher point. We don't want to say the truth until we begin to tell ourselves the truth. These things can never stop. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mazi Unzako. Let's get, uh, thank you so much. I'm out of God. Let me bring you back. Then I'll return to our speaker in the studio. Um, you said that you're a member of IPOP, but I'd like to remind you that, you know, IPOP has been prescribed. So uh, just to, to, to remind you, uh, what, what would you like to say in all of this conversation? And I mean, more importantly, is ending the loss of lives and the criminality in the Southeast region. Thank you very much, Sean. Um, first and foremost, if you, if, if you lie, you will die. If you say the truth, you will die. Quote Dino Melai. That is uh, <laughs> <laughs> attributed to Dino Melai. <laughs> so the All truth right. is that I think that, I think that we've been... It's what um, was it Bob Marley that said? Um, mental slavery, you know. Um, we've been we've been pushed to the wall to the extent that we believe that when we say the truth, you know, somehow, you know, they'll come and kill us. You know, one of the things that I know that Nigeria doesn't have, and I I I I am somebody who thinks that um, it's very important that Nigeria seek to have that type of institution, where there would be a department that investigates even when somebody coughs. It's very important, very, very important, where we would have record. Nigeria doesn't have record of anything. We're trying to gradually see if agencies can come into the digitalization of institutions where record can be kept in cloud, just like every other nation. Why am I saying this? I'm saying this because it looks like so many people are just here to antagonize other people because of their belief system. I'm not one who will come and... Um, you know, abuse people here because they are APC or they are... Yeah, I have abused governments, you know, because of their incompetence attitude towards the development of the people. But what is fundamental is how exactly do you develop a nation? We cannot develop a nation by the style Nigeria have imposed on institutions around the, the territory of Nigeria. For example, people have said, do not release Mazinam de Kanu. They've also forgotten that it's not about them saying it. And releasing Mazinam the Kanu is not a favor. We're not asking for a favor as IPOB members. We are saying obey the law, obey, obey the court's order by a, by a competent court of jurisdiction. They said he fled um, um, bail. He did not. The records are there. All these things they are saying right here are even in courts. You know, so I would not come and say anything because um, I don't want, um, like lawyers will say, um, so that um, it doesn't jeopardize the, the outcome of, you know, the judgment. All these things are in courts. Courts have given pro pro pronouncements. One of the things that the Nigerian government has failed to do, and they still continue to fail to do, is just to obey simple judgments. You see that things would happen, and that's why I talked about fundamentals. Something would happen in Lagos. Somebody will go to Abuja and obtain um, an injunction of stay of something that happened in a different in a different um, um, state, and that's exactly what is affecting Nigeria. We have to go back to the fundamentals. Why exactly did we come up with IPOB in the first place? 
everything that is happening now is not different from what had been happening before. I tell people that IPOB is just a resistance. It's a resistance to bad leadership. It's a resistance to, to all this reckless confusion, like Peter Obi will say, here and there. The people who come out to say that they were a security solution in the southeast and in the northern region have just come to expose themselves to how the government was deeply involved in everything that had been happening around Nigeria, most especially since APC came into power in 2015. For example, let's look at the case of what happened in Ifani Ejiofor's house, Barrister Ifani Ejiofor's house. If the cameras did not take those incidents, they would have said it was IPOB or it was ESN or it was maybe even unknown gunmen. Look at the other guy, Ugo Chinere of um, CUPP. He has been interviewed on your program by your humble self, um, Sheung. He brought out the video, the CCTV of everything that happened in his compound in Imo State. Because he was an opposition leader in Imo State, where Mbopu um, Zodima felt very threatened. They almost killed this young man, Ugo Chinere. You know, when we come out to say certain things, we have to come here and, and put human face to it. We cannot continue to we cannot continue to demonize people because of their belief system. If I believe in IPOB, you should ask me why. There are so many evidence. So what do you think is the way forward in just a, a sentence so that we can quickly wrap up? The way forward is very simple. We have to go back to the 1963 constitution. It's as simple as that. It is regionalization. That's the only way that we can be assured that indeed our interest as not just in Debo, but as the old eastern region can really develop where you do not have people who because they become military and um, um, heads of state or heads of military departments are now owning you know um, 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 oil wells. If you go to those areas of oil wells, the people who are indigenous of those places. By the way, I'm from Imo State. So when I talk about Imo State passionately, I know what I'm talking about. You know, if you go to places like all the Jolands, you go to all those places around the River Rhine area, you can't even fish there anymore. But yet somebody came out to say that he will kill all the Igbos. Before the elections, he came out brandishing AK-47. Nobody arrested him. No wonder he was working for the federal government. If you look at that video very well, somebody was trying to tell him, no, don't do that, don't do that. And he was telling him, come on, let's stop it. All these things were live on air. And I'm telling you, Sheung, we proudly support what ESN is doing. And ESN have absolutely nothing, nothing to do with what you people call, um, whether it is unknown gunmen and all these marksmen. If Nigerian government is very sincere, we brought out ESN for the sole purpose of eradicating the Fulani headsmen from our bushes and from preventing our mothers and our children from going to farms. That was the that was the fundamental reason we came out with ESN. Even before ESN was created, Mazin Namdekanu wrote through his lawyers, through the state government, to through to the state government. They should come out and deny it. The evidences are there, he abounds. He wrote through his lawyers to the state government to bring out a security architecture to protect people from being killed. But it fell on deaf ears, and we decided to come up with um, the Eastern Security Network just to do the same thing they could not do. And when they saw that it was gaining wave, they said they would bring out a, a, a similar um, um, security distance just to counter ESN. That was when they brought out the Bubago and the Bubarose. Mm. Look at what the, secu the, the security guy here just said. And that was exactly what came to my mind when Umahi, General Umahi, 
removed himself from the whole Ibubago um, arrangement because he did not trust the entire the entire foundation of how this arrangement was going to be done. He left. Now I can tell you, I can tell you without missing words, that Ibubago have been fundamental in the killings and many of the abductions that have been going on. Ugo Chinyere's deposited them um, um, written statements are there all over the places. Not just Ugo Chinyere. There right. are so many people in Ebony right. State. There are so many politicians mm. who said that the people who abducted him right. was Ebu Bahago, that why would he be challenging the Ebony State government? You know? So please, let people... I know that people are upset that maybe um, IPOB agitation have resulted into um, some kind of fracas. It has absolutely nothing to do with IPOB. We have to make sure that whatever happens in the Southeast, we will not forget. I want to use this opportunity to say that, you see, every politician, every man, every woman who have been involved in the killing of innocent people in the Southeast, will, will, they will definitely get the repercussion of all these things. Because you cannot continue to kill people and use the name of IPOB just to tarnish IPOB, tarnish individuals just to tarnish their image and say that the reason why people are being killed is because of IPOB. Meanwhile, so, they are all political. So, I'm of God. I'm of God. Let's quickly wrap up now. Who is the leader of IPOB now? The Martin Namdekano have been the leader of the now, people. Now that he is in the custody of the federal government or the SSS, who is deputizing for him? We have Mazi my respected brother who has who has always come out to debunk all of these things going on you know you have Mazi Chinasa you know who's part of the DOS and you have several other people who are doing wonderful jobs so uh, Simon Epa is not one of the leaders of IPOB Simon Epa has never been a member of IPOB you have Mazi Edoziem who is deputizing Mazi Namdekano to make sure that everything we do, everything comes from the Directorate of State. Mazi Edoziem have always come on Radio Biafra to tell people what to do. All these seats at home have been cancelled from the second time it was observed after Mazi Namdekano was um, renditioned from Kenya into Nigeria. That was one of the reasons why this seat at home became full force. You know, because why would you go to another country without following um, procedures? You know, to abduct somebody, the same thing you try to do. I, 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 I thought, I'm of God, I thought that since the federal government prescribed IPOP, IPOP ceased to exist. No, it cannot say, you cannot go through the back door to go and obtain judgments and prescribe. On what basis? What is the essence? How, how do you justify terrorism? Terrorism is about insurrection. At the point that that, that back door judgment was given, what were the reasons before which courts? Before the courts? That granted that that um, um, judgment or that um, 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 what do, do they call it again to have to 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 prescribe them um, IPOB? You know these are the things that have to stop. You cannot you cannot be you cannot be taking injunctions here and there just because you want to settle political political scores. You have to follow due process. You know what is the process of obtaining what they obtained? What are the basis? What are the what are the merits? You cannot just see somebody and call the person a terrorist. Mm. IPOB is registered here in the United States. IPOB is registered in the United Kingdom. IPOB is registered around the world. Why is the world not um, putting IPOB on their list of um, terrorism? They tried to do it with some professors in different universities around the world. We went to those professors. 
how exactly is it possible that you are prescribing IPOB? On what basis? They could not defend it. All right. I'm of God. Uh, let, let, let's leave it there. And let's, let me come back to uh, Vince. Where do we go from here? Your final thoughts. Thank you so much. You know, I believe we are all Nigerians and we have no other country right now but Nigeria. I believe that, number one, we have a fresh new president. We have a pre fresh new NSA, military chiefs, and uh, IGP of police and others. Number two, I believe that these new fresh minds should look at issues from a fresh point of view. Number three, I believe that the rule of law should not be cherry-picked. Rule of law should not be selected when it suits me and rejected when it does not suit me. Rule of law should be followed 100%. That gives respect, uh, law and order to the people. So I believe if the appeal court of the federal government of Nigeria has given a, a charge for Mazat Nam the Kano to be released, I do not see the reason why he should be arrested again and then that uh, judgment of the appeal court being appealed upon. The onus is release him. So he has to be released and then if the appeal is successful that he should be called back or detained again, then let it happen that way. Number four, I believe that the ideas of the governors of the southeastern state who are in the know, the ideas of the traditional rulers of the southeastern states who are in the know, the idea of Obi of nature and other leaders in the southeast as number one traditional uh, leader in the southeast is for the release of Mazenan the Kano to their custody. And if the federal government needs him back, they will provide him back. Nobody should be worried about, oh, the first time he ran away, blah, blah, blah. The first time, where was his passport? It was with the government. So how did the passport enter into his hands? How did he fly out of Nigeria by an airline that must carry anybody <laughs> internationally with, their, with, with, their, with an international passport? So I, I think in conclusion, we can all resolve this in a table as brothers. Sunday Ibo, who I heard is about to return back to Nigeria. I respect him. And I believe also that Nam Kano should be released according to the appeal court of Nigeria State. Release him. He should be released. And then all these ghost players, uh, Mr. Simon Epe will disappear once Mazen Kano returns back. Other people that we don't know will disappear. The unknown gunmen will disappear. So I think the, 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 the demon we know, as people may think that Mazen Nanakano is a bad person, is a better option than what we're having. Now, we're having a confused situation where we don't even know the players and who they are sponsoring them. The return of Mazen Nanakano, we, we clear off the table. Then mm. we can now have a serious discussion mm. for him on how to move forward. Uh, well, what a conversation. I mean, uh, this is for the good of Nigeria and the Southeast region. And the people who are residing there. Thank you so much, uh, Vince Onyekwelo, um, for, for coming. Uh, a lot of insight that you've shared with us tonight on, on the podcast. Uh, Vince Onyekwelo is a former British police officer and a security consultant. Thank you so much. I must sincerely also thank everyone who has been part of it. But uh, just, just before we go, everyone, I mean, it is clear the conversation and the line in which everybody has spoken either you're an Igbo man or Yoruba man or Austin man, wherever in this part of the country that you are from, it is clear that we really want peace. We are a peaceful people in this country. We have been listening to 
experiences uh, of people who have been affected by the seed at home uh, or that in the start. We also got different side of the story. It's obvious that the situation is a complex one. Uh, harsh on the economy, bad for business. The seed at home order continues in the southeast and the fear amongst the residents in the region is palpable with rippling effect. There are no clear statistics or specifics on how the crisis in the region has affected the people there, but visuals from the region are disturbing and enough to show the deepening crisis. There are also notions out there that the crisis in the region may be politically motivated, which makes a security challenge more complex to solve. From the intervention here on the podcast, we have learned that the government must first of all unveil the unknown government. Who are they? To unravel and understand the level of crisis we are dealing with here. Governors from the region have a lot of work on their hands and they have their work cut out for them. The traditional institutions must show cohesiveness of purpose in seeking a true solution for their people. President Tinubu is advised to tackle the root cause this problem it is a long-standing problem and the effects are becoming more costly for the people in the region and might spread as we have heard here today time is of the essence drawing inferences from interventions tonight a collective effort is needed local knowledge is needed and the solution lies within there uh, there must be an end to criminality as well as the killings must stop thank you all for being part of this very crucial discussion it's been a wonderful time hanging out with you on the podcast tonight. Wherever you may be, we have a brand new app now that a lot of people are using, which is Thread by Meter. So uh, go ahead, everyone, and see what we are doing there and the information coming on this podcast right there. Mike on podcast across all of the platforms. It's been a wonderful time sharing this time with you, everyone. I'll see you tomorrow. If you have the time, join me on Polity, uh, Sunday Politics on Channels TV at 8 p.m. And let's take the conversations forward. It might be something different that we'll be talking about. But the essence of all of it is that let every Nigeria be involved in the progress of the country. And let's get everyone talking. Let's do it again next time. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us on this edition of Mike on Podcast with Shayono Kimbaloi.